0: On the boards to Hyman, brings it out of that corner, dishes in front of the net, that gets broken up, goes to the blue line. Kulak has it, left point. Cross ice, one-timer, Scars. Leon Dreisaitl, 50th of the year on a one-time rip job off the right wing, and the Oilers are up 6-1. Leon Dreisaitl
1: pounding in his 50th of the season, second time in his career. He hits that plateau, and the Oilers cruise tonight. It's their 40th win of the season, 6-1 the final in Anaheim to start off a three-game road trip that will also have them stop in San Jose and Los Angeles. Dreisaitl also with an assist tonight. He's over 100 points now. His point streak goes to 12. Connor McDavid gets three points. His point streak, uh, point streak goes to 13. Brett Kulak gets his first as an Oiler. He had three points. Here is Leon Dreisaitl. the are finally getting a win on the road.
2: <laughs> the win? Um, no. I mean, it, it both, obviously. Uh, feels great. Uh, we've been really good at home. And, um... You know, we obviously wanted to bring that on the road, and, and tonight was a great, great test for us. And I thought we uh, we handled it really well. And um, obvious, obviously, obviously, uh, on top of that, um, you know, uh, hitting hitting a mile, milestone is um, yeah, I'm 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 happy about it. What comes
3: to mind when you think about hitting a milestone like that? Your second 50 goal season and another 100 point season under
2: your belt. Uh, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm proud. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, happy about it, no, no question. But um, it also shows you how, how great my teammates are, right? Um, you know, they're the ones that, that put me in these situations. They're the ones that, that get me the puck in, in the right moments. And, um, you know, we got, we got such a selfless group out there. So um, it's, it's just fun to be a part of. Right from the drop of the puck, you guys
3: were seriously just in the driver's seat all night long. Was tonight a showcase of what this team is capable of?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought... The first couple of minutes in the third, maybe we, we, we were a little too relaxed there. But um, other than that, it was a pretty, pretty full, full 60 minutes. Um, very very solid uh, road game for us. Uh, Smitty was amazing. Um, RD were, were really good moving the puck. Great The so Forwards did, did their job as well. So uh, it was a good, good win for us. Can you talk about the maturation
3: of this group? Because in the last 13 games, you guys are 10-2-1. You guys are really battening down the hatches, down the stretch. Where have you seen the growth? From years past.
2: Well, I think where the growth comes from realizing the mistakes in the past, right? Um, you know, we're all getting older. We're all getting to a point where um, we all want the same thing. And, and this group has been through a lot of negative things, but um, you know, it seems like we're we're trending in the right direction. And um, yeah, that's that's obviously a, a great to see, fun to be a part of. Um, Obviously, every game is big from here on out, so uh, we're looking to continue that. Yeah. Thank you. All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Fires in
1: his 50th. Oilers win 6-1. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 9 o'clock. Heartland Ford overtime open line, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins, Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. Well, Rob, a lot to talk about in this game. I think a good overall team game for the Oilers against a team that they should beat the large majority of the time, but the milestone for Dreisaitl and a patented shot. Usually it's McDavid setting it up. I thought it was cool. One of the new guys, Brett Kulak, sets him up on the play. But we, we've certainly come to expect that caliber of shot from Dreisaitl. Beautiful play.
4: It, it was. And, I mean, you'll take a 50th goal anyway it comes. But it is kind of neat for the goal to be scored from, you know, the, the area that he feels most comfortable. And opposing teams have found him the most dangerous. Uh, it's hard to defend when Leon stands there because the defenseman that's defending him is not going to skate all the way out there because then that leaves the entire middle of the ice open. It's hard to get into a shooting lane because if you get in his shooting lane, well, that means you've gotten completely out of the passing lane. It's just a quiet spot on the ice that most teams leave wide open because nobody can score from that angle. Uh, You know, you look at some of the greats around the league, with the one-timers, the Ovechkins, the, the Stamp Coast players like that, they're never down that low. It just shows you how incredible his one-timer is to be able to hit the net time and time again and find a way to go in. So it's neat that he did score from that area. But it's funny, watching on the television, you could see the play was wide open when the puck went back to Kulak. And But it's easy for us to see when we're watching it from a bird's-eye view or from, through a TV lens. But Kulak found him. It shows you that Kulak's a smart player. He knows where, okay, Leon's on the ice. Puck's coming back to me. Here's where he should be. And he found him. So uh, it's nice getting those milestones out of the way because everybody, as you said earlier, everyone's going to be moving the puck to him on power plays and stuff, trying to get him that 50th goal. Well, now it's done. So now the entire focus is completely on winning hockey games and moving up in the standings. But an incredible, another incredible season for Leon Dryas set, 100 points, 50 goals. And uh, there's still games left, Reed And the way the stretch that both Leon and Connor are on, I mean, let's not say 60s out of the realm of possibility anymore because the way these two are scoring, uh, anything is possible. All right, Oilers win
1: 6-1. Let's go back to Anaheim again. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft.
3: Uh, Jay, uh, your team was in the driver's seat for much of the night tonight. Uh, what did you think of your team's overall performance tonight? Yeah, I
5: thought it was a good road win for our team. Um, Felt like a month since our last road win, and um, for us, uh, we came out with a game plan of having everybody contribute and for a full 60 minutes. And I thought it was a full 60-minute effort for our team. It's positive.
3: Everyone seemed like they're on the same page, right from the opening puck drop.
5: Yeah, uh, I is- thought we played a mature game. A um, Uh, you know we weren't in the business of trading chances or getting into a track meet it was um, we asserted our game immediately and certainly uh, as the game wore on we spent more and more time in the offensive zone and we were rewarded but I particularly liked our effort uh, back to our own end and I think that's a good sign for us as we move forward.
3: Leon hits 50 and 100 in the same game. Can you talk about the specialty of those milestones?
5: Yeah, I mean, heck of an achievement. It's uh, uh, so special to score 50 goals and so special to hit the century mark uh, on the points. And uh, I said this about Connor uh, when he hit the 100-point plateau. I know Leon... Um, is driven to get our team to 100 points. That's what motivates him. And, um, you know, he did a lot of good things on the ice tonight. I was happy to see him um, get both of those late in the game.
3: Talk about the third pairing, Kulak and Barry combining for six points. I mean, probably their best night together as a
5: pair. Six points, but also plus nine, uh, which is a good sign for them. They made good plays with the puck, I thought. Uh, They worked back to pucks quickly. They skated well. And uh, they put, uh, the puck in in their forwards' hands, and uh, both of them were able to get their shot through from the point. So, um, I think uh, when they're going, it makes us a better team and your goaltender
3: Mike Smith what did you think of his performance tonight
5: solid performance from mike uh, i think uh, his puck movement um, on our breakouts was excellent uh, i thought he looked confident in the net he made a lot of really good saves and a big factor in why we won the game tonight
3: and going back to saddle, i know he sustained an injury at the end of the period there was there ever a talk of maybe taking him out or uh, was he feeling leon, okay
5: leon leon's uh Big tough guy, and um, he plays through bumps and bruises. And you know, he, he had a little bit of a bump there, but uh, I was it was never in doubt that he would return, it was just a, a bruise. And um, as I said, he's a big, strong guy that plays through those. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, guys. That's That's
1: good. All right, Jay Woodcroft, after his Oilers beat the Ducks 6 1. Yeah, Robin, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, Dry Seidel went to hit Zegras in the first period, it looked like he went into the boards kind of awkwardly and was shaken up. Uh, on one hand, I, I get the nervousness of Oilers fans. You, you certainly don't want Dreisaitl out for uh, for any length of time if something is bothering him. But, I mean, uh, you've been in the NHL, and I would think even if you talk to a, an 8-year-old Timbit player, I don't know if I got the right age range there, you'll have to help me, but they don't want to come out of the game <laughs> unless they absolutely have to, right?
4: Well, yeah, nobody, I mean, practice is one thing. We'll skip a practice now and again, but you don't want to miss a hockey game. Uh, No, we've seen with Leon and Connor that they don't miss hockey games and uh, the importance of the games. And uh, unless it's something that's incredibly serious, they're going to stay in and finish the game with their teammates. So it did look awkward when he went in as he kind of toe-picked and did the splits and hit the boards weird and there's always fear you look around the national hockey league right now there's been some big names on good teams that have gotten hurt lately heading into the playoff stretch and so there's that fear we know the importance of leon dry settle but he looked a little ginger for a while but still came back had a goal and assist and uh he'll probably be a little stiff tomorrow but the hope is he'll be ready to play in san jose and continue on this nice little stretch that he and the rest of his teammates are on all
1: right, so a good milestone for Dry settle. He got the one hundredth point with an assist on Kulak's goal, and then he gets his fiftieth with three fifty-eight left in the third. So good, uh, good story there for Leon. Team wise, Rob, uh, I mean, look, Anaheim is not going to the playoffs. They now just have one win in their last thirteen. Um, so the Oilers did what they have to do. I, I mean, they were pretty much on Anaheim. Throughout the entire game, it was 3 nothing before the game was 16 minutes old, 4 nothing after two. You know, Anaheim had a couple good shifts in the third and got a goal. But for the most part, you know, I thought the orders took care of business against the team that's faltering here.
4: Well, it's a team that's faltering, and it's a team that, you know, what, six weeks ago would have had seven different players in the lineup, eight different players in the lineup. They've got guys that are injured. They have guys, important guys in, that have been traded. Uh, this is a team of the future. It's not a team of now. And the only chance they had in this game was if uh, Gibson stood on his head and had a, a 46 or a 48 save evening. That's the only chance they had. They had a couple of skilled players up front, but when those skilled players are playing most of their shifts in their own zone, it's tough. So uh, I, I talked before the game, this was a five-one-six-one one type of game for the Oilers. It, it just was. They're just the Anaheim Ducks are not good enough to play against Edmonton. Edmonton is good. Edmonton has a very good hockey club, and the Anaheim Ducks don't right now. And this game played out exactly that way. And uh, there are, sometimes there's that fear when you go into one of these games that the balance will go the wrong way. The Oilers made sure to take that fear right out of the game by uh, pushing so hard that the Anaheim Ducks just eventually crumbled defensively. And the, the six goals could have been seven, eight, nine, or 10 because there was a number of good scoring chances that the Oilers didn't capitalize on. I mean, Leon had a breakaway just before he scored his 50th. So it was a game that the Oilers should win, 5 or 6-1, and they did.
1: 46-32, the Oilers out shooting the Ducks in this one. Edmonton 1-2 for two on the power play. Ducks 0-1. for one. Not a lot of power plays, Rob, for Extreme Power Products. Your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme for the next powerproducts.com. But the Oilers did get a power play goal. McDavid got his 40th of the season. That made it 2-0 at 8.58 of the first period. And the one... Face-offs are not always the be-all and end-all stats, sometimes actually they're misleading in terms of who might win the game. But the special teams' face-offs are important. That has plagued the Oilers sometimes, Rob, where they haven't been able to win a face-off, either shorthanded or with the power play. Will that one win the face-off five seconds later? Five seconds on the power play. It's in the net.
4: Well, if if I had to bet the house on anything in my life, not that I gambled, but if I did... I would bet my house on Leon Draisaitl winning a face off on the power play. It seems like he, every time they're on the power play that he wins the first draw. And uh, it's we we've talked many many times that the Oilers it, it, to start all power plays off should go to should shoot quickly, get a shot on on net and then that'll start creating chaos and create more opportunities for the to, to do the cross team passes. And on that one right there, uh they moved the puck quickly, quickly to McDavid and They did it so fast that the defender, the guy that's trying to get in the shooting lane, didn't have a chance to. He got in the eyes of the goalie, but he didn't get in the the way of the puck. And Connor McDavid's wrist shot is as good as anyone in the National Hockey Leagues. It's an absolute bullet. And if it hits its spot, then it's going in the net. And on that one, it did. So uh, just another wrinkle that the Oilers have in their power play and uh, another reason that you you can't take penalties. And if you do, you certainly got to win the faceoff because... The Oilers have so many weapons they can go
1: to. 6-1, the Oilers take it. You know what that means. Japanese Village Goal Light. It's on on 630ched.com. Head to the website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn on the goal light whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Okay. More to talk about tonight. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Mike Smith as well, who was solid and acrobatic at times. Plus, the out town scoreboard featured a couple other Edmonton-based teams losing in overtime. We'll get to those. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line.
0: The left side was Grant. Now on the right, the Carrick. He'll go towards the Oilers' net. In behind it, the wraparound put it right through the crease. And Smith was diving back. Here's the shot from the point. The save made by Smith. That was hammered by Drysdale. Smith was still on the ice, and he gloves it and holds on. Well, that is Mike Smith's
1: save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Rob, a lot of times when you and I are doing a late game, even later than this, after all the hockey games end, there are those countdown shows on. And that play was either going to be on the top 50 bloopers of the month or the top 50 plays of the month. (laughs) Uh, Smith without his stick. And then it looked like on the replay, he even got his leg kind of stuck inside the post as he was trying to stand up. And Drysdale blasted and Smith... I mean, Jack on TV kind of said he was like a baseball catcher, and I get it. Except baseball catchers are usually crouching; they're not down on their right hip. But uh, he looked, kind of he looked more play. like
4: a dad laying on a couch, and his kid throws on the remote control. Is what he was kind of doing. He was <laughs> That's right. kind of laying on his side there. It did look like he tried to get up, but I would imagine he was in an awkward position, so it wasn't where he was down like a normal goaltender goes, where he goes into the butterfly. He was on his side. I would imagine that it would be a little more difficult to jump up quickly from that and once he realized he wasn't going to get up quickly he saw where the puck was and just put himself in a position to cover the most part of the net that he could and and he did i mean the puck came into the right spot for him where he could catch it but uh an awkward an awkward position but the one thing that we've seen about with mike smith this year he he's not afraid of awkward when it comes into making saves so he was good he was solid all game long um there weren't a lot of plays in the first 40 minutes that he had to make big saves on, but he made a couple in the first minute of the first couple in the last couple of minutes of the second, more opportunities in the third for the, the, uh, the ducks when the, the game started getting out of hand and the Oilers kind of slowed her down a bit and, and he looked confident and comfortable Um, this. This is good for the Oilers. This is good. If they have both he and Koskinen playing well down the stretch and into the playoffs, it's nice to have, Option as a coach and, and feel confident that you can put either goaltender in each night. And I think that they're starting to get to that point. Yeah,
1: Smith with 31 saves tonight as the Oilers win 6 1 over Anaheim. The Oilers announced. Well, what, Rob, about uh, 5.15 for a 6 o'clock mountain time start, The Miko Koskinen was out with a non-COVID illness. Now, that was when they made it public. Clearly, they knew about it ahead of time because Stuart Skinner was there ready to be the emergency backup. So uh, we were kind of assuming Koskinen was going to be the starter. Either way, uh, he goes in. Hopefully, Koskinen isn't out for, uh, for too long, though, as the Oilers now go into San Jose on Tuesday. So the six goals for the Oilers means a $600 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give $100 for every order's goal and the total for the season now $24,900. 6 one the final tonight over the Ducks. yesy uh, Pugliarvi, Rob, first goal, in 10 games, first goal since he came back from injury. That made it 4-0 early in the second. And, you know, sometimes with Jesse, he, he you know, he, he still struggles at times and maybe rushes things, but really patient to score that goal.
4: Yeah, that was nice. It, it, it was nice the way that he got in the right position and then uh, used his body to protect where he wanted to go with the puck and then got a rate right where he wanted to. He didn't force anything. He didn't just drive it on net. He knew the spot to go was upstairs, and he did that. Uh, yes, he's played well the last few games without getting the production that he probably deserved, uh, and he got that opportunity tonight. Uh, the Oilers have a lot of players that are capable of putting the puck in the net, and it's there's, there's always going to be a time where the, the puck slows down for one or two players, so you want to have other guys being able to pick up the slack. And yes, he hasn't put the puck in the back of the net as of much lately. It'd be nice if he can get hot, We've seen him get streaky. Uh, he's getting the ice time. He's playing with the right players. So it'd be nice to see him uh, go on a little bit of a streak, gain a little bit of confidence as we go in the playoffs. He's doing the little things right. Uh, the production just hasn't been there. It's not, It'd be nice if this was a springboard tonight for a, a streak of, you know, maybe eight goals in his next 15 games or whatever like that.
1: All right, so 6-1 is your final. Let's check the scoreboard, Rob, for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. We'll start with U Sports, men's hockey, the University Cup final. Heartbreaker for the U of A Golden Bears. They lose in double overtime, 5-4 to UQTR. Bears were up 4-2 after two, Rob. Uh, The Patriots tied it in the third period. The overtime is different than the NHL. They don't flood after the third period. They go straight into a 10-minute overtime. They had a, or The uh, Golden Bears got a power play early in the overtime, couldn't score, had a lot of shots, wound up with 70 shots for the game
4: and uh, lost 5-4. Um, I, did, I did watch the end fun. of that, read. I, I went on and watched it on my computer. Uh, a couple things. A, for the national championship, how do you not flood the ice before the first overtime? That makes no sense this is the national championship i'm sure they could have uh found a way to get 20 more minutes of ice time for the for the team to, <laughs> to flood the ice but and then second if you have a a power play in overtime and you don't take advantage of it it just seems to come back and bite you and i watched i saw the the double overtime goal that they gave up throw pucks on net and that's all they did and uh Put it in, and uh, it's sad. When you're the team that's favored to win and you play as well as the U of A did in that game, it's heartbreaking after that one. Oil Kings lost 5-4 in overtime to Red Deer in the
1: NHL. Seven minutes left in the third. Seattle leads Dallas 2-0, Rob. Now, Dallas still has the games in hand on Vegas, but that would be a costly loss if they weren't able to get by Seattle. Vegas has now won five in a row, by the way.
4: Vegas is playing well and they're still not healthy the one thing that we've talked about for the last little while you and I Vegas and LA are going to get better as this season goes on either team in the first round is going to be better than they are right now because they are uh, slowly getting back to health Vegas is making a push the only problem for Vegas is they might run out of games but Dallas for them to take advantage of the games in hand they have to win the games in hand and losing to Uh, a Seattle team that's at the bottom of the standings, that is going to be one that hurts.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that one ends. But six and a half left. Seattle up 2-0 on the Stars. Panthers beat the Sabres 5-3. Senators over the Red Wings 5-2. Islanders beat the Devils 4-3. The Vegas win was a 3-2 overtime decision against the Canucks. Shea Theodore got the winner. Coyotes beat the Blackhawks 3-2 in overtime. In a shootout, Philly beats the Rangers 4-3. And the Wild ring up the Capitals 5-1. So, Pacific division calgary 89 points la is up to 86 calgary does have three games in hand on the kings they have two games in hand on the oilers who are at 85 so close between the oilers and kings uh, la is one point ahead when you go to points percentage edmonton is ahead by 0.001 <laughs> 607 to 606 and uh, as we told you vegas fourth place 82 points and uh, they're actually even with Nashville for the two wildcard spots, though Nashville has games in hand. So a quick update there on the Edmonton trailer scoreboard. All right, we're happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We'll drop the puck on the calls tonight with Sir Robert. Sir Robert, go ahead.
6: Uh, hey, boys, how you doing?
1: Pretty good. Well,
6: I mean, uh, uh, well, I mean, I will say this. I mean, uh, I mean, we obviously expected the, uh, I mean, we obviously expected the Oilers to win tonight. I thought, you know, I thought, you know, what? I thought, because we have seen at times against against, you know, teams that are lower down. We have, we have seen at times where where the Oilers maybe they maybe they don't come out as hard as you'd like tonight. Tonight, that was, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, tonight there was absolutely. Uh, no issue there. I like, I like how they played from start to finish, and it was, it was nice to see Leon get 100 points and 50 goals. Uh, but I mean, you know what? I guess, uh, you know, uh, I guess what I will say is, you know what? All around, it's a good win. You know, but uh, you know, I, I mean, I mean, this might sound crazy, and nobody would have said this two or three weeks ago. But I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't rule. I honestly would not rule out the Oilers. Catching Calgary and finishing first. I don't know what you guys think about that. I know Calgary's got games in hand, but I, uh, I, I, may, well, I mean, to me, uh, I mean, like to me, it's,
1: uh, I mean, there's certainly a chance. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know, Robert. I, mathematically, there's certainly a chance. You can never say no until it doesn't happen. Thanks for calling in, but I, I always break it down like this, Rob. I, I look at the maximum number of points a team can get. So the Oilers have 85 points and they have 12 games remaining. Okay, so that's 24 points. So if they got every point, that would take them to 109, right? Mhm. So Calgary's already at 89 and they have 14 games left. So if they went uh 10 what 10 and 4, they they'd get to the same amount of points. Then so if you look every number of points the Oilers don't get, the Calgary that's one yeah, less I, win they would have to get to finish ahead of the Oilers. Like,
4: four, again, I, I four see, points I, is I, significant I at this either. time of year. Yeah, like, I cal- I, it, I can, the Oilers can come in second. I do believe that they can pe- catch the Kings, and I think that's going to be a fun battle to watch. I don't believe they're going to catch the Flames. I think the Flames have just gone through their little stretch where they haven't played as well or haven't got the results, and the Oilers are still that many points behind. So uh, it, it's nice. It's a goal, obviously, that the Oilers are going to shoot for but I don't think that it will happen. Yeah.
1: Calgary would have to do really poorly, like do something like four and 10 the rest of the way, which again, you never know, I suppose till you play it out, but I think that's unlikely. It's a good showdown with Los Angeles, one point apart, Mm -hmm. one game in hand for Edmonton. They still play each other this week. So I think that's the race for watching, but LA is impressive. Rob, I know you touched on the face-off show. They lost in Edmonton in a shootout. They go into Calgary, win in the shootout. Um, you know they they win against the Winnipeg Jets i think they are they are 29 and 6 away from home so they got one of the best they have the second best road record in the west after colorado <laughs> so that's uh, pretty impressive who's better in they're, the east they're, boston yeah, washington
4: they're a good team reed i think that uh, none of us i mean i certainly didn't think they'd be a playoff team this year i thought uh, part of their team was too old and part of their team was too young and, and in a rebuild but Todd McCollum got them playing and finding an identity and they play it to a T. They play physical, they play fast. Uh, they are much better at transporting the puck than I thought they would be. They have solid goaltending. They have a couple guys that have been around and, and know how to win and, and quick and, and Kopitar and Dustin Brown. And, and if Drew Dowdy comes back and they've been doing it without seven, eight regulars in their lineup and not just, you know, guys at the bottom of their their lineup, but we're talking, you know, their top four defensemen haven't been playing. So this is a team that's going to get healthier. Um, and it's the one team that, it's a kind of team that has given the Oilers troubles in the past, just because they play a a physical, in-your-face, hard-four-checking style of game. Uh, one of my favorite games this year was the, the Oilers game in LA, that I believe the Oilers won 5-2, but it wasn't a 5-2 hockey game. It was a, It was a playoff-style game for most of the night, and that's what you're going to see if these two teams, if LA and and Edmonton play in the playoffs. So LA is good. they got a couple of nice young players. I love that jersey on the back end. Fantastic young talent, and it'll be interesting if they start getting all their players back, what kind of team they have come playoff time.
1: 6-1, the Oilers win it tonight. I set the line before the game at 3.5 combined points. For Drysaitel and McDavid, courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement bet on it. well they combine for five, so it is over, and that goes to Omar. He gets the fifty-dollar River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Good call, Omar. Okay, before we break for the news, we'll bring Mo onto the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Mo, go ahead.
7: Reading Rob,
1: how's it going, boys? Good.
7: Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm actually here in
6: Toronto. Uh, big Oilers fan. You know, uh, good to see
7: Drysdale get 50. You know, Matthews hit 50 another uh, night, and uh, they they had, they had, they already had a statue out in Legends Row for him. You know, it's crazy. But um, yeah, just about tonight's game. Yeah, I think the, uh, the Oilers. You know, it was never in doubt. But uh, just had a question for you guys. Who do you think should be the starter? I mean, it's tough. You know, you got Mike Smith. He's he's another guy. Uh, Koskinen's been good, but the more you play him. His game kind of teeters off, even though he's pretty good uh, recently. So what do you guys think?
4: I think they're going to go down to the last game of the season. I think both play- goalies are... How many games is there now, Reed left? 12? Yeah, this is game 70. Yep. So, yeah, 12 games left. So I would say that they might come close to six games each in the final 12 games. And whoever's playing better, come the first day of the playoffs will be the guy that gets the starting role. And the other guy will be close by to play if needed. So I, I, I believe the Oilers are a better hockey club. If both goaltenders are playing at their top and the, and you have options. If Mike Smith is playing as well as he can play, as we saw he did last year, he has an advantage over Koskinen because of the way he plays the puck. And that's what the Oilers would love. If you're playing a team like LA or a team like Vegas in the playoffs hard four checking teams if you have a goaltender that can get you out of trouble and get you away from that four check simply by getting out of the net getting the puck and firing it out of the zone quickly that is an advantage that he has that Koskinen is unable to do but Koskinen's played well right now I think they'll both get half the games the remainder of the season and the coaching staff at that point will decide which one gives them the better chance to win
1: all right, you're going to hear from Mike Smith as we move along. The Oilers in control tonight, pounding the Anaheim Ducks 6-1. More time for your calls as well,
0: 780-496-0063. Reed and Rob on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. back to the right point, CeCe, your dry side, looking Yamamoto back to the dry side the right wing corner. Comes out on the left wing, takes a backhand, it misses the net, goes to the right wing point, CeCe, to Kulak, his snap shot, oh, Scott! Kulak let it go. Gibson got a lot of it but it rolled in behind him and just over the line and the Edmonton Oilers are up 5-1 as Brett Kulak gets the goal.
1: Yeah and that's his first as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Cam Moon back on the play-by-play tonight in Anaheim. Oilers win at 6-1. They're 40-25-5 on the season. Kulak would later assist on Leon Dreisaitl's 50th of the season. And Rob, how about this line for Kulak tonight? He plays 1811. He has two shots on goal. He has
4: a goal and two assists and he's plus five. <sighs> Not bad. Not bad at all for the supposed third pairing of the Edmonton. Oilers. That's what, what the addition of Kulak and the putting of Barry in the so-called third pair have really given the Oilers a two A 2A and a two B I mean, on any given night, Kulak and Barry are your second-best pairing. And tonight, they certainly were, if not their best. Like, they were very good tonight. I think uh, it was uh, – I know that you talked to Craig McTavish, I believe, on the trades, and he talked about the subtle move of picking up a Kulak and how he just – it, it wasn't the, the big, splashy trade, but you brought in a guy that's solid – that just gives you honest minutes that you know what you're getting from him, and I think that we've seen too, or for myself, anyways, uh, that he's a better skater than I thought, and he has a little more offensive upside than I had seen. And uh, he jumps in the play, makes nice plays, he he gets, he transports the puck well, he he moves his feet, and then the play that he made to Leon Dreisel on the 50th goal, that was a that's not an easy play, and most defensemen don't make it but he, he found this, the passing lane and got it over there. So uh, Kulak was very good in this hockey game tonight and has been very good since the Oilers acquired him.
1: That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain Text for peace of mind down the line. And yeah, Tyson Berry, a goal, two assists, three points. He's plus four, gets four shots on goal, three blocks tonight. He plays 17-28. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that pairing is used. And and we have seen, I mean, a lot of times, Rob, uh, I, I guess, first of all, when they had seven defensemen, there were usually maybe three guys who didn't play very much. But even when it was Russell or Laguson before he got traded, that third pairing left shot guy might be down around fourteen or less, twelve or less. Mm-hmm even. yep, And Keith and Nurse were playing a lot. Now, Keith did get to 21-03 tonight. Nurse played twenty one thirteen, But like I said, Kulak played eighteen eleven, and he has played more than Keith a couple of times already. So I think you made a, a good point. It sort of evens out maybe a bit on the back end. You can go with matchups a little more or just who looks like they're having a better
4: night. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's something the coach is going to read. Um, I, I really have found that Tyson Barry's defensive play has been better the second half of the season. And I think in a playoff series, that's going to become important. Um, how you, if you have a lead, if you're holding on to a lead as the game gets on or, or, you know, the nurse CC grouping just or pairing just got off the ice, which guy do you want out there in a face off in his own zone? And I, I think that Kulak has made a a good enough showing that he can warrant those kind of minutes. And so can Barry. So yeah, I, I think that the Oilers are, are pretty happy or excited with the, the six that they have playing right now. And then and your guy that you're pulling in if someone gets hurt is now a guy that's played eight 900 games in the NHL and Chris Russell. So I think that's why the addition of Kulak was so important. You don't have to dip into the well and find a guy that's got under 70 games in the NHL with no playoff experience is the next guy up. Now you got a guy in Chris Russell that's got experience that you get the exact same every time he plays. So uh, the others are set up quite nice on the back end now. During going into this stretch, and then hopefully the playoffs. Rob, a
1: team like the Ducks and they they are struggling. I mean, one win in their last thirteen. You and I did seasons together where the Oilers were in that situation. Where, yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna win some games along along the way. It's still NHL players and. The Ducks got a good goalie though. It's probably been a frustrating season for, for Gibson. Um, I I know you can talk about playing for a spot next year, playing for pride. How difficult is that? Or, or is it difficult when you look at the standings and you know, okay, for Anaheim game 71 tonight. All right. Like you, you, even if you win 11 in a row at the end of the year, you're not getting in. Plus, you know, you've traded away some big guys a couple of weeks ago at the deadline. I-
4: I don't think there's an issue with their their effort. They're just not good enough. I mean, they lost they lost a lot of players in the, in the trade deadline, some quality players, you know, two top defensemen in Lindholm and Manson. You've got a Getzloff, a Silverberg uh, out of the lineup with, with injuries. I mean, this is a team that is probably not a playoff team if fully healthy. And they've got injuries and players that have been traded away because they're not a playoff team. So they've got a lot of young players that should be playing in the American Hockey League still. So the effort is not going to be an issue for this team for the remainder of the season. Talent will be, and if they run into teams that like the Oilers tonight who match the work ethic, well then uh, the the Anaheim Ducks are in trouble. The only thing they can do right now is outwork the other team, and everyone says you got to outwork the other team. Well, if the other team tries too, well. They're both going to push the same way. The team that's better is usually going to win. So unless Gibson stands on his head, which he didn't tonight, he was he was below average in this hockey game. So unless he stands on his head, this team doesn't have a chance. They've got one line that can score, and after that, it is a big drop off. They've got probably two solid defensemen, and after that, it's a big drop off. So uh, this is uh, unfortunate for the for the Anaheim Ducks going down the stretch, is they're just not good enough.
1: Yeah, 6-1, the Oilers take it, and Troy Terry out of action. That's a big loss for them. Um, Zegras had four shots, Rob. I guess a couple good chances, but maybe not as noticeable as even a couple of the games we saw him earlier in the season, and clearly the highlights he shows up on. Yeah, so it's, it'll be it'll be a tie. And you nailed it. I mean, we used to get those calls when, when the Oilers, well, they're not trying, well, they're not trying. Well, sometimes you just don't have the ability, right? I mean... <laughs> Like, sometimes you don't have. Well, the, that, sometimes you don't have the manpower. I mean, it's great well, it to is. have I a mean, couple I, good players, I, but
4: yeah, they got a couple. But it's I, I've, I've yet to see a team that's gone into a game and said, "You know what? I don't feel like doing it tonight. Maybe we'll take tonight off and do it next game." Uh, just if both teams, because both coaches are going in there, we got to give our best tonight. Let's let's outwork the other team. Both teams are saying that. So if both teams come out and put a good effort forward, the team that's better is going to win most games, and. There I mean, if go through the two lineups it's not even close, the two lineups that were put on the ice. The others were superior and just superior in every aspect of the game. And it showed at the end of the night. Like who are you gonna play head to head against Connor's line? Who are you gonna throw it on defense against Leon's line? Oh, and that's right, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's on your third line. Which third line did the Anaheim Ducks have? So it was it was a complete mismatch on paper and it was a complete mismatch on the ice. And that's nothing against the Anaheim Ducks. It's a team that's rebuilding right now, and they've got some good young players, but they're playing against superstars that the Edmonton Oilers have, and uh, the end result was probably uh, what it should be, a 5-6-1 win for the, the better team.
1: Yeah, Nugent Hopkins got a goal tonight, his ninth of the season. That made it 3 nothing, 15-58 into the third, and the Oilers were uh, more or less on cruise control. From there, picking up a six-one uh, victory on the road trip is going to continue in uh, San Jose on Tuesday. Tell you what, let's go back to Anaheim. Here's tonight's winning goaltender, Mike Smith.
3: Pretty good performance. How did you feel in the net tonight?
7: Yeah, I felt great. I felt uh, really good from uh, the drop of the puck on, but uh, um, the team was outstanding. I think we we did a lot of really good things. We're we've been we've been kind of preaching talking a lot about uh how we want to play you know moving forward and and i thought from start to finish we we really saw tonight you you just mentioned it start to finish was this the best all-around team performance in front of you this season yeah i mean we're definitely you know trending in the right direction you know we just want to keep building and and uh you know get better in areas that we've we've been you know talking about, and uh, definitely we talked about playing, you know, playing a full 60 tonight, and uh, I think that's as close as we've we've been to doing it this year, so it feels good to, to get the lead there and then, you know, keep pushing and, and uh, kind of put them out of their misery a little bit there.
3: I know Miko was ruled out just hours before puck drop, at least publicly that he was out with an illness. Did you know that you were starting today for a while, or how did that all pan out?
7: I got the call this morning, so I, I knew from, the, from this morning, so uh, you know, it's just, hopefully Miko's not out too long, and he's feeling okay. But that's just part of uh, you know just being ready to go. So a um, little bit of a surprise, but that's part of being a professional athlete. You got to be ready to go at any time. So it was good to get back in there and get a big win.
3: You talked about the team trending in the right direction. You've been trending in the right direction over the past handful of games. How do you feel like you've been able to build off each
7: performance? Yeah, just you know, just the comfort level is kind of you know getting in a little bit of a rhythm and and uh, you know staying on top of my game when I'm not playing and. Um, you just want to be a part of the team's success, and I think that's just—it's um, been—it's been fun. It's been you know enjoyable to, to be around this group, and they're working hard and putting in time, you know, off the ice and, and in practice, and it's paying off in, uh, in our games. So it's great to be around. Leon reaches the fifty-goal mark and one hundred-point mark for the second yeah. time in his career. Just can you talk about how incredible? Unbelievable! This guy's—he's uh, just a workhorse out there. He's—he's—he's he's, he's an incredible athlete and. And obviously he's a huge part of our, our team's success and to score 50 goals is in this league is uh is a you know special feat so couldn't happen to a better guy and he's just uh he's just like i said he's a workhorse out there he kind of drives the pace for us and obviously huge on the power play but um you know a special player to you know to play with obviously and and a uh, better guy too so it's great great for him is he a better scorer or a passer as a player i don't know if you can really I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen a player quite pass the puck like he does. But he's just he's got a he's got a knack for his vision on the ice is incredible. He can pass it both on his forehand and backhand. Um it's 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 fun to watch. It's fun to watch the you know, some of the plays he makes, but he's got an incredible shot too. So he's just I mean that goal he scored tonight, that's not too many guys can score from that angle and on you know, NHL goaltender. So he's uh he's a pleasure to be around, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's Mike Smith, certainly. I'm sure likes seeing Leon shoot on the other goalie, then shoot on him in practice. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, Rob, that wasn't even very low down to the goal line relative to what we've seen Leon do on other one timers. He was, he was almost at the faceoff thought for that one. That's a way better angle than he's usually at.
4: Well, it, it's just impossible to defend it. it. It really is because he puts himself into places that uh, any other player in the National Hockey League. Okay. Okay, I got him over there. Okay, he's he's not a scoring threat now. I can worry about what's in front of me over here, uh, but he is a scoring threat. And I mean, guys just don't shoot from there. A because most of them can't hit the net on that angle, not only beat a goalie. So uh, he's just so incredibly dangerous from well with the puck on his stick or when he's cocked and ready for for the one timer. Uh, it's just a. The dual threat that the Oilers have. There's just no relaxing. And then you add the fact that Nugent Hopkins, who's got some pretty good offensive numbers himself, you got him on your third line. It's it's hard to defend the Edmonton Oilers. Now there's some good teams out there that got a little more depth. But when you play teams like Anaheim and, and teams of, of that caliber, it's why the Oilers can pick on them because they've got some players that might be able to match you up, up in the in the you know the first line or maybe even the second line. But as it gets going in a game, the depth just isn't there to match three offensive lines. And that's why the others just continue to wear you down and get into mismatches with some bad line changes.
1: Rob, I'm going to have fun with you. Sometimes on the face-off show, I do a quiz for Stoffer. I'm going to do a quiz for Rob Brown. So in 88-89, that was when you had 49 goals. And I should remind people, you only played 68 games that season. You missed 12 games.
4: I separated my shoulder. I threw a body check and hit Joe Neuendijk. Never should have hit him. He was yeah, much you never don't think, think about was. hitting. That wasn't your role. No, it so wasn't. you it's and Julia because I wasn't strong at it.
1: <laughs> you and Jimmy Carson had 49 goals. Mm-hmm. Um there were six players who scored 50 or more that season. Do you remember who they were? <laughs>
4: no, but I could guess. Mario. Had eighty-five. <laughs> uh Wayne. Had fifty-four. Um Bernie Nichols. Had 70.
1: Um, the, the guy you tried to body check. Oh,
4: Joe Newndike? I wouldn't have guessed him, but thanks for the hint.
1: Had 51. And one of his Calgary teammates
4: also had 51. Was Flurry? Joe Mullen. Oh, Joey Mullen. Oh, I love Joey Mullen. He's one yeah, of my favorite guys i ever played with. Seriously, one of the nicest people I've ever been around. He's like the forgotten guy because he's had, I think he had 500 goals in his career. He's like someone who yeah, no he was one a ever thinks score. of being a He was a great scorer. Oh, he was, he was an scorer, awesome scorer. No score. one ever really thinks about Joey Mullen. Like, when they think of great scores through the years, uh, they'll think of Bossies and, and, and Mario and Wayne and Ovechkin and blah, blah, blah. But no one thinks of Joey Mullen, who had 500 goals in his NHL career. And seriously, That's- from Hell's Kitchen, New York, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. He was a great teammate.
1: 502 goals that was his only 50 goal season but he had a few over 40 and almost every year was uh, over 30 The the one other guy you're missing uh well detroit just totally detroit oh Stevie Eiserman. steve Eiserman had 65 so that season you had seven sorry you had six 50 goal scores but three of them got 65 or more <laughs> Eiserman 65 nickels 70 Mario had 85 goals in 76 games with 199 points. He He was plus 41, and he had
4: 100 penalty minutes. Yeah, Mario had a really good playmaker with him that year. That's why he was able to score 85. You kept dishing it to him, and he kept putting it in. (laughs) He kept kept getting my rebounds, Reed, He kept getting my rebounds. Well, this is the crazy thing. Obviously,
1: goal scorers have a higher-than-average shooting percentage. Lemieux's shooting percentage that year was 27.2, and yours was 29. Like, you guys scored on almost a third of your shots.
4: Well, yeah, the goaltenders back then didn't wear equipment. That was the year <laughs> that they weren't allowed to, so there was a lot of net to shoot at.
1: Uh, you're too modest. Well, the Oilers mm-hmm. had a good shooting percentage tonight. They got, uh, what was it, six goals on... 46 shots, a 6-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Back for some final thoughts in a second. This is Hartland Ford overtime open line.
0: Back to the point for Barry. Walks it across the line over the left wing. Now across. Nugent Hopkins scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins let it go off the right wing past Gibson. And the Edmonton Oilers are up 3-0.
1: All right, that's the Nugent's goal. We were talking about Oilers beat up on the Ducks 6-1 tonight. Drysdale gets to 100 points and 50 goals. He's got a 12-game point streak. McDavid, three points. He has a 13-game point streak. 40th win of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. This one uh, never really in doubt tonight. Rob, I was just double-checking something, buddy. The uh, mm-hmm. you know the New York Islanders have won four
4: in a row. I know they're only nine I, points out of a playoff spot. Here they I, come. I did I did see that tonight too when I was giggling. So oh they're making a run for Reed. They just need they need to have an extra twelve to fifteen games, and then your Stanley Cup champion team could be the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, you just missed uh, on
1: that one. I just missed on that. Well, I think I picked Colorado to win the cup over the Islanders. Maybe I picked the Islanders to win. I don't know.
4: No, Uh, I I think you picked Colorado.
1: Kraken did beat the Stars 4-1. Just update that one for people. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, Rob and I kind of joke about it because I, the Islanders as my... Because here's the thing, when they went on that playoff run in the in the bubble, in Toronto and the bubbles, I guess, Toronto and Edmonton, I was one of those like, ah, smoke and mirrors, they're going to drop off, right? And then last year, I kept picking them and they, they did take Tampa Bay to game seven. Mm-hmm. Like, let's face yep. it, it's... I know they lost, the, I think they lost the one game, eight, one or whatever, but it was a seven game series. So I thought, okay, I'm riding the Islanders this year with my preseason pick. And now it didn't help They lost the first there they played the first 13 games away from home and, and then, then they
4: came home and got into their new like the new building and lost the games. first
1: five or six or whatever it is so that didn't help they've been trying to climb out of a hole all season long but the the schedule does make a difference i mean you try not to use it as an excuse certainly the players and coaches don't as and as broadcasters we we try not to but you, you can't deny it i mean some teams do get Uh, schedules that might be you know three or four points an advantage by the end of the Mm -hmm. year if they take advantage
4: yeah certainly is and the general managers know that and that's why they put certain dates in and and they try to finagle uh, a schedule that's more beneficial to them Um, it's you know when when you're coming in it's it's always nice if you're in Calgary or Edmonton and you're getting the team on the second of back-to-back because they they might be a little tired but they're also usually you get the backup goalie cuz the starter will play in the first game so those are things that are an advantage and when the islanders had that first part of their season when they weren't didn't have a rink to play in they were trying to survive and that's and they they knew that before the season started we got to survive it they just didn't and the fatigue from playing all those games on the road it it took them home and they they struggled on home ice because they were just so tired from the road trip. So yeah, I I'm, I'm on your side on this one, Reed. I stay oh, with thanks, the Islanders buddy. again next year. Next year is the year of the <laughs> next
1: year. Next year. They're coming on. Okay. Hey, Rob, we'll do this again on Tuesday, man. It's going to be fun. Or we'll this continued the road trip against the sharks. Talk to you then. Sounds good. Reed. So on Tuesday, it's a seven o'clock face-off show. So I'll be with you for inside sports from six to seven face-off show from seven, to uh, 8.30, and then the game at 8.30, Oilers at Sharks. Stauffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have a full edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 8. Get more on this game on 630chett.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6-1, the Oilers drub the ducks.